0: grace and peace, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a great opportunity we have to be here this morning to worship our Lord and God, our God and Father through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's great to see each and every person here this morning, each and every visitor. We're welcome that we're here together to praise this awesome God that we have. May we continue to grow Him daily. It is well with our souls. He is returning. Amen. And we believe and know that we who believe in Him will be with him in eternity. And that is a great hope. That's a great joy. It's a great encouragement to continue to persevere, to continue strong in the Lord each and every day. You know, a lot of times you ever had anything on your mind and when that thing is on your mind, you talk about it a little every day. You know, hey, this is what's going on in my mind. This is it. This every single day, you mention it because it's something there that's important. Maybe you want to talk to somebody to let them know what's going on, what's happening. And you know what? Jesus, something, we can really notice that a lot. When I was, this this Wednesday, I had the privilege, okay, to be in the women's Bible class in the morning with the women. Tim is very scared of that group. It's not that's not why he's not here this morning, okay? He's he's with his father. Uh, his father is celebrating his 80th birthday this weekend, so he's worshiping with his father uh, this morning, and he'll be back this evening to be with us also. But it was a great opportunity for us to look at Jesus, looking at the fact, the very fact that yes, he did raise from the dead. But I want us to think this morning, it was something that was on Jesus' mind. And we can really start to see it happen when we get to Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 9, and Mark chapter 10. Jesus is really going to begin to start focusing on it. We can understand even from the time he was born, when, when Mary and Joseph went to eight, on the eighth day to have him to be circumcised. Simon was there, he saw Mary, he said, hey, you know what, the Lord promised that I would see the Messiah before I would die, the Christ, and here he is, now I can leave my servant, now I can go in peace, and and now that I have seen the Lord, the Christ. Jesus, when he was 12 years old, when they went up to the temple, and, and they were coming back home, and they realized, hey, Jesus is not with us, the whole family, they go back to look for Jesus, and where is he? He's in the temple, and they say, Jesus, what are you doing here? And he says, don't you know I need to be in my father's house? Okay, and then we go on later on and we see when Jesus comes to be baptized in the Jordan and John is there This is the lamb of God And over and over again. Jesus is the focus Jesus is showing that Jesus has it in his mind. You know what? I'm here with a purpose I'm here for the purpose He understood it. He talked to his father a lot about it in solitary places He even would talk to his disciples about it But I wanted to know Jesus wanted us to know that he was going to die, that he was going to be buried. But praise God, he was going to raise again on the third day. Amen. Now, I want us to think about that. Why and when did Jesus start to have this on his mind a lot? And if you open with your Bibles with me in Mark chapter 8, we can start to begin to see what is going on and what is happening in Jesus' life at this moment. In Mark chapter 8, verse 27, Jesus gathers his disciples and he asks them a question. Who do people say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. Others, you're one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the, the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him at that time. What did Jesus want to know? He wanted to know, what are people saying about me? And particularly to the 12 who were with them, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. And Matthew says, the son of the living God. Later on, Peter would say, only you have the words of eternal life. There's no one else that we can go to. And now that Jesus is telling them and asking them that, who do you say I am? And he says that I'm the Messiah. He wants wants them to already know, you know what, I'm a king, I'm a Messiah, and I'm going to come and save our people. But it's not going to be the way you think. It's not going to be the way you think. I'm not going to use hate. I'm not going to use force. I'm going to use love, and I'm going to use sacrifice. And look what he says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 31. It says, he then began to teach them That's then that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, at that very moment. But why did Jesus say in this moment, the Christ, the son of man, is going to die, he's going to suffer, and he's going to raise again on the third day. He just got finished and telling them, you believe I'm the Messiah. Okay, here it is. This is how I'm going to overcome the world. I'm going to die. Now, what is Jesus wanting his disciples to learn with this very first moment, this very first thought in his life? What is he wanting... The disciples to remember, and what does he wanting to call the crowds to? Knowing that he is the Messiah, knowing that he is going to die, knowing that he's going to suffer, what does he want to remind the people? What does he want to give to give them encouragement? And what does he want to say plainly to them? Because it says, from this point on, he plainly said, "I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to be raised again." And it says here in Mark chapter eight, verse twenty. 34, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in the adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. All right. The first thing that I want us to understand, that Jesus, after he is predicting his death for the first time here in the Gospel of Mark, in Mark chapter 8, what's on his mind? He says, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross. Deny yourself. And follow me. Now Jesus already says I'm going to die <laughs> and all of these things. He's going to take up his. But he's going to encourage us to take up our cross. And not only we, when we have to take up our cross. And what does that mean to take up our cross? We may, may be ashamed for cause of the gospel. We may have suffering because of the gospel. We may go through hard times in our life. And we may need to take up our cross at that moment. But he doesn't want you just simply to take up the cross. He says what? Take up your cross and follow me. Jesus wants us to go where he is going. Amen. He said, God, in John chapter 17, when he was praying for himself, he says, God, I've honored you. I've obeyed you. I'm looking forward to go back with you and have the glory I had with you before the beginning of time. I'm praying for my disciples. Don't take them out of the world, but protect them. I allow them to say the message of the gospel. And for all of those who are all way off, that they may believe in you and that we may be one as they may be one as we are one, Lord. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Whoever wants to lose his life, for my cause will save. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. What's he saying? Don't try to do it alone. Surrender all. We sing sometimes that song, right? I surrender all. Surrender all to Jesus. Surrender all the anxieties. Surrender all the sin surrender all the things in our lives that are not godly and say god I want you to work on me. I can't do it myself. I'm gonna pick up my cross lord But when I pick it up and take up my cross, I'm gonna follow you Because what can man for gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? You know what? The apostle paul understood that galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and 21 paul said hey, I was an apostle I was going after you, I was persecuting you, I was taking your children and throwing them in jail because of this Jesus who it was. I was doing all of these things with authority, with power, with the money, with every single thing that I had in me. I had money, I had all of it. Then he says in Philippians chapter 3, all of that is garbage compared to knowing the surpassing greatness and knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, amen. Not only did he say that, but I want us to read a little bit more in that passage in Philippians for us to under, understand the depth of his love and his wanting to understand who this Jesus was. When he says in Philippians chapter 3, talking about this great difference, he says this, whatever was my, wh- were gains from, to me, Galatians three, uh, Philippians chapter 3 verse 7, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. It be found in him and having a righteousness of my own, not of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know more. I want to understand him more. I've lost all things for him, and it's all worth it because he says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. There's so much more than this world Galatians chapter 2 20, verse 20 and 21 He says I've been crucified with Christ Nevertheless I live yet not I But Christ liveth in me And the life I live, live by the flesh I live by the faith in the son of God Who loved me and gave himself for me Thank goodness I got that through there without trying to sing it uh, And get all lost in that Okay but listen to us What he's saying I've been crucified with Christ I have given up all of who I am To follow Christ All All the pride All the authority, anything that would hinder me, sin, Lord God, I surrender it all to you. Jesus says, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Jesus wants his disciples to understand, yes, I am the Messiah. And as the Messiah and as the king, I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried, but I am going to raise again. Paul said, I want to have resurrection. Did Jesus not even understand that himself? Yes, he did. Remember after Jesus was baptized, he was taken out into the desert where he was tempted for 40 days. And while he was there, Satan said what? He took him up to a high point. He said, look at all of this. All of these kingdoms and all of these things I will give to you. You're not going to have to go to a cross. You're not going to have to suffer. You're not going to have to die. You're not going to have to do anything. All you need to do is bow down to me. And I'll give you all of these things. Says Jesus was tempted. Praise God. He didn't sin. And Jesus said, What? I am to worship the Lord God and Him only. Man. Don't let people of this world try to offer you something that's just for a moment, for a little time. Saying that this is going to give you pleasure, this is going to give you happiness for the rest of your life while you're here. We know enough stories from celebrities. The happiness is not found in money, It's not found in things of this earth, or it's not found in, in all of these things that are just a little bit. But God says, I want you to be blessed eternally, and I want you to have that hope eternally. And Jesus says, take up your cross, follow me. And Jesus said, as he said later on in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says there is a narrow way, and it is through him. But Jesus here in these, per, these verses here, the first thing he wants his disciples to know. One, I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Two, take up your cross and follow me. Now, not only does he say that, but in Mark chapter 8, he's, where, where is he at when he's in these words? He's coming from Caesarea Philippi. Now he's going on down even further as he's going from north to south. And now he's going to be walking through Galilee. In Matthew chapter 9. And while he's there in Galilee, he's going to be able to heal a boy possessed with the impure spirit. And then he's going to go again and say again in Mark chapter 9, verse 30. Jesus predicts his death for a second time. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days, he will rise. But they didn't understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him. Say, said, what's going on with this, Jesus? But what was on their minds? It says, as they continued walking after Jesus said these words in Capernaum, when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way, they had argued about who was... The greatest. And so Jesus, sitting down, Jesus called the said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. The second point that Jesus wants to make with predicting his death, that he was going to die for the second time, that he would die, be buried, and then raised again. The second point is this. He wants us to be great. If you want to be great, be a servant. Can you imagine? This is what's on Jesus' mind. I'm the Messiah. I know what I'm... I, this is what's going to be happening. This is what's going on. He tells his disciples they don't understand it exactly, and yet they're still arguing about themselves. Well, Jesus, what are y'all talking about? Have you ever had that happen to you? You know, maybe kids, you know, like with their parents, you know, you see them talking together, and you go, what are you talking about? And they're like, that big old face comes up like, oh, nothing, nothing. You know, get a little bit scared, right? The disciples were scared because they knew what they were talking about. And they knew that Jesus, every, everywhere he was going, was serving, welcoming, loving people. And here they are concerned about who is going to be the greatest. And so Jesus at this moment, at that moment, he says, well, I need to make, take a moment. You know what? The Messiah is going to die. He's going to rise. But if you want to be great, you must be the servant of all. You must be willing to forgive as I forgive. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that he who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What was Jesus' challenge to them? I've got to stop thinking about me. I need to look at Chuck Lee and say, Chuck, you're first. Greg, not Mr. Greg, Greg, you're first. I'm last. Who wants to be great among you? Not be the first, but the last. Now, Jesus is talking to lots of different things here. Jesus, I don't understand. First of all, you said that the Messiah, the Christ, the King is going to die. And now you're saying that the, the who wants to be great has to serve all. Woo. Doesn't make much sense. What's going on? What's happening? Why are you saying these words? Okay. But not only that is going on. That's happening at this time. But it even gets a little bit more. Because Jesus is going to go up on the, mount, on, the mount, on the mountain, and when he's on the mountain, he's going to take Peter, James, and John with him. And while he's up there, Elijah and Moses are going to appear to Jesus in all of his glory at that time. And then Peter says, hey, we want to make an, uh, three stones to remember this, uh, this place. And then that, the cloud from heaven comes and says, listen to him. Listen to my son. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. No longer the prophets, no longer the law, but listen to Jesus. Listen to what he has to say. He already said, deny, your, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. He already said, if you want to be great, be the last. Be the last. Be the servant of all. And after that moment, as Jesus is going down the mountain, he tells his disciples, hey, I'm going to die again, Peter, James, and John. And then when he gets down, he sees a tumult happening right there. I think I said that word right, tumult, okay? There, as he goes down the mountain. And as he goes down, he sees all these things happening. And then as he gets there, he gets closer to the mountain. And there's not only that that's happening, but also he gets to the rich man, the rich young ruler, as we know, remember. And the rich young ruler asks, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, Who's good? Father's good. Look at me. Look at God. And not only that, and he says, Love God, love your neighbor. You know all of the commandments. Don't commit adultery, don't lie. Don't covet another person's things, these things. And the rich young ruler said, what? All of these things I've done since I was a boy. One thing you still lack. Sell your possessions and follow me. At these words it said, his face turned sad because he was a man of great wealth. And as he walked away, Jesus said, it is difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on to say, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than the rich enter the kingdom of heaven. This apostle say, well, who then can be saved? With God, this is impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. But not only that, when he goes on down through here and talking about it, at that moment, when he says, all things are God, with God, all things are possible, he's going to go and talk again. And he's going to say, you know what? For the third time now, I want you to know something about this Messiah. Mark chapter 10, verse 32. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way and the disciples were astonished. While those who followed were afraid, again he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen. We are going to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later he will rise. And what is the concern of the disciples? James and John says pull Jesus aside and says, "Can we be on your left and right? Can we sit on your left side and on your right side?" Can you imagine Jesus already talked to them earlier when they were arguing, and here they are again saying talking about it? At this moment, Jesus saying y'all aren't denying yourselves, you're not taking up your cross. You're still thinking about yourselves. Are you willing To be baptized with the baptism, I'm going to pass. And they said, yes. But what does Jesus want us to learn with this? One more time, we want to understand Jesus again. Mark chapter 8, I'm going to die. I'm going to rise. Mark chapter 9, I'm going to die. I'm going to rise. Mark chapter 10, who's going to be great? Can you be on my left and right? He says, those places are not for me to decide, but for my Father who is in heaven. But look what he says here in verse 41. When the ten heard of this about what the James and John asked. They became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. Listen to what Jesus says. He goes on a little bit further. First he said, you want to be great, you need to be a servant. And now in Mark chapter 10, when he's talking about Jesus predicting his death, The third time, if you want to be first, you need to be slave of all. That means it is not about me. That means I have to give up my rights and follow Jesus with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. And leave him only as my Lord, him only as my Savior, and nothing of this world, just him, just Jesus. And his father who is in heaven, seeking him, going behind him, looking to him. Look what Jesus is saying. I want you to have life. And I came that you may have life and you may have life abundantly. And he says, if you want life abundantly, don't go after things of this world. Go things after the things of heaven. Where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Look for the treasures that are in heaven and not treasures here on the earth. Look to me. Say no to the things of this world. Don't be ashamed of me. Follow me with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Remember that I'm with you. Oh, man. Jesus is awesome. Jesus said over and over again, you want to be a great? Be a servant. You want to be a little bit more than a servant? Okay, be a slave. Give up your rights and follow me. What gives us the motive then? What gives us the joy of being, wanting to take up our cross? What gives us the joy to deny ourselves and follow Him then if we know that we're going to suffer? What joy is it? Look what it says in the next passage here. Mark chapter 10, right here. As we get to the so what. What does it mean to take up your cross? What does it mean to be great? What does it mean to be a servant? What does it mean to be a slave? It says it right here. Jesus said about Himself in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man cannot be served but to to serve and give His life for ransom for many. Amen. Listen what Jesus said. I'm not going to do anything, and you're not going to do anything I'm not going to do myself. That's why Jesus says, I understand you, Terry. I understand you, Betty. Understands each and every one of us. See, Hebrews chapter 4 says he was made a man in every way so that he can understand what we go through when we're tempted. That he can show grace and mercy in our time of need. Jesus came in this earth. He lived among us. And he says, I'm not ashamed to call you brother. I'm not ashamed to call you sister. And he says, you know, but the son of man didn't come to be served. But to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Lord God, may we give our lives to you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But above all, Jesus said in Mark 8, Mark 9, and 10, I am coming back. Amen. In three days, I will rise. In three days, this is not the end. It is only the beginning. And so he says it here in what we want us to remember from Mark chapter eight. Genesis. if you go to the next slide for me now. Mark chapter eight. Have faith to take up your cross and follow him. Mark chapter nine and 10. Be ready to serve others with a sacrificial love. You can go ahead and go to the next sacrificial love. And this wrote right here. He arose on the third day. He He. will. He, we, will also, we will arise also. Therefore, cast off sin and know that Jesus has indeed risen from the dead. The joy set before us is eternal. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, when it says about the great cloud of witnesses and all of those people who live by faith, says that let us look at the author and perfect of our faith, Jesus, so that we may not give up fighting against sin in our life, so that we might endure to the end. And it says, Jesus... For the joy said before him, endure the cross. Take up your cross. Endure. Hard? Yes. Easy? No. Worth it? No. (laughs) Priceless, okay, if you're doing those MasterCard commercials. Okay? Priceless. Priceless. Because we have eternal life and we understand it is not a, a crutch that we're on, it is life, it is the cross. It is that Jesus rose from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15 said, If Jesus had not raised from the... 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 3, Paul says over and over again, This Jesus died according to the Scriptures, was buried according to the Scriptures, and raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and appeared to other people also at that time. Then he says on... Goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when we get there closer on, later on in the chapter. And he says, If Jesus Christ has not raised from the dead, your faith is futile... You are still in your sins. And we are supposed to be pitied more than all men. Because we serve and follow this God who didn't raise his son from the dead. And then he goes on to say that beautiful word. He says, but Christ indeed has raised from the dead. Amen. And we are the first fruits. We are those who are going to heaven Not because of who we are or what we've done, but because of our faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Don't forget, it's worth it. You know what? I know I'm sure a lot of you have probably gone on the internet, on YouTube, and you've seen that sermon, He's My King, Jesus is My King. You know, talked by the preacher, Dr. Lockridge. Then he also had another one called Sunday's Coming. And I just want to read that to you. You can go look at it on there because he says it a lot better. I'm not going to try to imitate him because I can't do imitations that well. And plus, I just want to read what he wrote about Sunday coming for us to remember that our hope is in God. He said it like this in his sermon. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter's sleeping. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday, Pilate's struggling, the council is conspiring, the crowd is vilifying, they don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd, Mary's crying, Peter is denying, but they don't know that Sunday's are coming. It's Friday, the Romans beat my Jesus, they robe him in scarlet, they crown him with thorns, but they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday, see Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirit's burdened, but you see, it's only Friday, Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the world's sinning. People are sinning and evil's grinning. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The soldiers, soldiers nail my Savior's hands to the cross. They nail my Savior's feet to the cross, and then they raise them up to next to the criminals. It's Friday, but let me tell you something: Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their King, and the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin is conquered and Satan is just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard and a rock is rolled into place, but it's Friday. It's only Friday. Sunday is coming. Amen. Sunday came. Jesus rose from the dead. Mark chapter 8, deny your cross, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. Mark chapter 9, serve. You want to serve? Serve with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mark chapter 10, serve with a sacrificial love because Sunday's coming. And one day we who are in the Lord will be called welcome with him into heaven. And we will live eternally with him. That's the promise of First Thessalonians chapter 4. Do you believe this morning that if you give your life to the Lord, you will be raised? To walk in newness of life. And you will be raised on the last day to be with your Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, what a great day coming, as we sing many times. And Lord Jesus said, you know what I want to leave you with? Be servants. For the Son of Man came not to to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many." Jesus has said, be servants. And allow others to know the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Do you want to put your hope in Jesus Christ this morning? Give your life over to him. Do just as his word says. Repent of your sins. Confess Jesus as your Lord. Be baptized washing your sins away. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you will live a new life in Christ Jesus. And that takes faith. And that takes love. And that takes a commitment to take up our cross and follow him. Because we know that following him is worth it. Because one day we will be with him in heaven. If you have any other needs this morning... We want to pray for you this morning. If you've been walking, you think, man, I've forgotten. I haven't been walking the way I should. And I want God, God, I want to recommit my life to you. We know and believe that God, our father, is just like the prodigal son, right? Coming back home and the father running to him. Father wants to run to you this morning also. If you have any prayers or any concerns, we want to come as we stand and sing this song together.
1: We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9:30 a.m. for Bible class and 10:30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6:30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.